Explore Milwaukee's past and its future, one building at a time. This is Urban Spelunking with On Milwaukee's Bobby Tanzillo and me, Nate Immig, from 88.9. It is bar month at On Milwaukee. It sure is. Every year we do it in March. So what is bar month? Bar month is when we really kind of drill down annually into the local bar scene. And we also do our best of poll. Like okay. In February, we've, we put oh, up yeah, the poll yeah. and people vote for the, it's a reader's poll. So like sometimes people get angry at us about the winners, but we didn't pick them. The readers picked them. Right. Um, and then we announce one category every day throughout the whole month. There's, that's why there's 31 categories. We're going to start at Kaz's Mini Bowl. This classic. is Classic. Yes. Talk about classic. Uh, 1887 is when the, the bar was built. It's been lots of different things, but always a bar, and this mini bowling has been part of its history. So this is on 7th and Beecher. So it's interesting that this is really like one of those corner bars tucked into a neighborhood that has just lasted forever. So it opened in 1887 and then becomes this mini bowling parlor in the 1940s. That's a long period of time before, you know, people kind of know it as this duck pin bowling place, but it had a long history before that. Yeah, but for more than half a century, it was just a corner bar where people went and Actually, there used to be food, so okay. people would eat there, and they'd have drinks there, and, you know, there's lots of pictures of uh, kids playing outside. It was just like a neighborhood place. Like like a lot of these places were, it was really just a neighborhood gathering place. And then by 1940, that's when the, the mini bowling comes in. Yes. Then in the 40s, they introduced mini bowling, and that becomes the identity of the place and is still the identity of the place now. So what is mini bowling, Bobby? I've never gone mini bowling. I've been I've been regular bowling plenty. You've never? I've never, to- I've never <gasps> mini bowled anywhere. Wow, so, we have to do this. Yeah, tell me about it. How does it go? Um, so the lanes are only about, I think they're 30 inches wide. Okay. And they're not as long. And the pins are much smaller. The pins are maybe half the size. And the balls they're are mini om- pins. Yeah, the balls are almost, they're a little bigger than bochi balls. And they have no holes for your fingers. You just hold oh. the whole thing. And so it's a much easier thing to do than than actual than you know full size bowling, although it's not as easy as you think. Like right, you know, right, you can right. go down there and just brute force doesn't always get it done. You know, sometimes it does, but it's good for kids especially because the lanes are not as long and the balls are smaller. Good for people with certain uh, physical limitations, and it's just. You know, bowling people kill me for this, but I, I think it's a lot more fun than, than standard bowling just because it's easier to do. You know what I mean? It's easier, it like to, it's easier to do better if you're not right. an expert at it. You don't have to worry as much about the spin on the ball and all this other stuff that, you know, for, for people who are not as skilled at bowling, it's a much, it's perhaps a much more enjoyable experience. Well, a lot more people are getting into this mini bowling nowadays uh, because we've seen like the Thirsty Duck out in Brookfield opened up recently. Yeah, it's becoming, right, in these sort of arcade places, I think it's becoming popular also because these arcade places want to have a lot of different games and these take up a lot less room, you yeah. know, so they're a lot easier to do. Um, and it causes, all these years later, they still have human pin setters. That's interesting. Which makes it even easier from a technology standpoint, right? doesn't it? So are they just there at... All times during bowling and yeah, there's like certain yeah, there's certain times when when the bowling is open and they're there. Yeah. So manual pin setters and you mentioned it's maybe a little easier. We don't want to say maybe less challenging, maybe not easier. But the three hundred. I'm going to give you an example. I was recently in Columbus, Ohio, and Mm -hmm. we went to a place called Pins, which is one of these sort of new arcade bars uh, that has all kinds of stuff, and they have duck pin bowling, automated lanes, not 
manual pin setters. But the first ball I threw down there, everybody was like, whoa, because I got a strike. <laughs> and I never got another strike the rest of the night. So uh, leagues are still active here at, at Casas. Um, as you mentioned, the 300 Club is, is growing. In fact, some names were added just in 2019. Mm-hmm. So people are yep. still going. Um, we're going to talk more about the history of Casas Mini Bowl next. Plus, um, there's some animals in inside the bowling alley. There are some animals. The, there's a, a few of them. Yeah. But they're not alive. Not to the best of my knowledge. <laughs> we're going to talk about that. Not a, unless we're there. Right. <laughs> <laughs> a, a pretty unusual thing looking right at you if you're sitting at the bar. We'll talk more about that next on Urban Speedwalking. Nonprofit Radio Milwaukee is brought to you by you. A membership contribution is your personal commitment to music and to Milwaukee. Visit RadioMilwaukee.org to check out our donor benefits and the thank you gifts you can get to show off your 88.9 pride. Back at Casa's Mini Bowl on 7th and Beecher, we talked about the uh, bowling alley part of the establishment, but there's, you know, it's a regular bar too, and it has it has a lot of character, a lot of old Scani bar vibe for sure. Oh, it totally does. When you walk in, it's, you know, got the old hardwood floors, there's a pool table right there. On the wall on the right side are all these like farm implements and things that, uh, <laughs> that the, Why not? the late owner uh, used to use in his work before he owned the bar. Um, and then along the north wall, there are some interesting things behind the bar, aren't there? Yes. So I can say I've never been sitting at a bar and looked up and saw um, a full taxidermy lion. Which is not for sale. Not for sale. Not for sale. So what's the story with this? Did the, the current owners... I think it might have been there. I think it might have been there when... Uh, when the current owners bought it 40 years ago. This is their 40th anniversary, the Kazakowski family. But he said that lots of people come in and offer money for it. And it's a full lion. It's a real it's like a big male lion. lion with the mane, and it's like perched on top of a cooler or something. Yep. Right? Yeah, and like the original like icebox is still there, <laughs> which has been converted into a cooler. Um, that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, it is pretty awesome. And I, then there's some other things around too. There's pictures of Packers, but that's not unusual. I um, feel like that, you know, the uh, it's kind of grandfathered in at this point. You it's know, totally like, grandfathered <laughs> in, which is why he says it's not for sale. He's like, I'm not changing right. it. He said, you know, he his dad bought the place 40 years ago, uh, Justin's dad, and now he owns it. Um, and his he ran it with his mom for a long time. His mom still lives upstairs. He lives upstairs with his family. So now he and his wife run the bar. Um, and he says he's not changing anything because it's he knows it's a classic place. And not changing anything means the lion is not for sale. The lion is not for sale. So don't even ask. And I would think if uh, if a new bar put in uh, a taxidermy lion, that might be a little weird. But this is kind yes. of this is the guy that, you know. This you, kinda, might, you can kind of turn the other way at this one. Maybe this was weird at the beginning, <laughs> but who remembers anymore, right? That's right. <laughs> so they got the lion. There's a there's a taxidermy owl right next to it as well. Yep, yep. So you know maybe uh, maybe some appreciation for the the exotic animals or something. I don't know. Yeah, um, maybe so. But, but that you know it's it, it doesn't seem weird to see a picture of Reggie White and Clay Matthews right next to well, this taxidermy. No, it's, right? it's Milwaukee, right? <laughs> right. But you know what's interesting is speaking of exotic is we talked a little bit about this earlier on is that there are human pin setters. Yeah. And so when you are bowling, please remember to be careful to not throw the ball <laughs> while the guy's resetting your pins. You got to wait till he gets his, gets back up on his bench, lifts his feet up, and then you can throw the ball. We don't want any injuries, please. Well, you went behind the lanes, right? I and, did. That was the best part. Uh, I know you're always looking for some good graffiti. Yes. And you found it in abundance here. Yeah, because uh, in these spaces where the, the pin setters like sit, they sort of have to perch up on this bench so that they're out of the way when the ball comes. Directly in front of them is a wall and over the years everyone who's been back there setting pins has signed their name and there are just tons and tons and tons of names yeah it's like filled with with marker 
Yeah. And then you said, too, on the ceiling tiles, people can, can sign if they get a 300? Yeah, I, th- I don't think you do it yourself. I think they okay. like they add you to the list. Okay. I'm guessing. I don't, I, I've not witnessed that, so I don't know, but I'm guessing they don't want people just scribbling on the walls. Probably not. You just got to go and uh, you know roll a 300 and find out for yourself, I guess. Huh? Yeah, exactly. But don't get cocky if you throw a strike the first time around. I'm telling you from experience. <laughs> Cursed. Right. So tell me a little bit about the owners now. Uh, 40 years, right? Yeah, so Justin's dad bought it uh, in 78. And they've been running it ever since. So he basically grew up in this bar because he can't be, he can't even be 40, I imagine. He's probably in his 30s. Okay. Um, and he's now got two apartments upstairs where for, I mean, a long time, like any corner bar, uh, the tavern owners lived upstairs. Um, but then for a long time, I think in the 40s, it was SRO. They were like renting out single rooms. They'd converted it into basically a rooming house. Mm. Um so there's, they, a, there's a sassy sign on the wall too that, there is uh, a sassy sign. that kind of uh, indicates that past. Yes. Um, Something about uh, sailors and, and women. And women. Yeah. <laughs> you have to go and read that for yeah. yourself. But so they fixed it up into two apartments up there now. And uh, Justin's mom lives in one. And Justin and his wife and kids live in another one. Uh, so it's funny because when I was there to do, the, to do the interview, I mean, their life is this bar. They work in the bar, you know. But it was probably like noon and. Um, his wife came patting down in her pajamas <laughs> to say hello. That's kind of a nice life, isn't it? To yeah, right. live right upstairs from your work and be able to pad down when you want to. And that's how it's done. <laughs> that's how Milwaukee did it for years and years. Yeah, and it's yeah. Just, it, felt very, it felt very rooted in, yeah. in the history of what this place was because, you know, except for the rooming house era, this is what people did when they owned bars. And no plans to change anything on this No, he says he is not right? changing anything. He's cleaning the place up. He's getting a plaque that denotes the sort of historic nature of the place, fixing the roof, some other things like that, but not changing anything. The lion is not going anywhere. So 40 years later, Casa's Mini Bowl doing doing its thing. Doing and, its thing. Um, and just waiting for Nate much. to come in. Just, just sitting around <laughs> waiting for Nate. Well, this is our first stop in our little mini-series here of Classic Milwaukee Bars as part of On Milwaukee's Bar Month. Next week, which is actually going to be April, the first week of April. That's all right. That's okay. Uh, we're going to go... celebration continues. That's right. We're going to go to At Random. Yeah, and- which has an amazing... You know, I don't think people think of it as... I mean, you look at it the way it is now and sort of this sort of locked-in time kind of early 60s cocktail lounge, but it was for decades and decades before that, just a regular corner bar. So At Random coming up next week, and you can find much more about causes and At Random. We'll link both stories right here in the description box. Well, podcasts here on 88.9 are produced by Kenny Perez. Handcrafted sonic inspiration comes from the License Lab with support from your membership and from UnMilwaukee. You can subscribe to this podcast and all of 88.9's podcasts right here at radiomilwaukee.org slash podcasts on iTunes, on Spreaker, on Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>